10 years ago, I found myself traveling on an overnight bus through the Patagonia region of southern Argentina. Shortly after midnight, I woke up as our bus pulled to a stop beside what appeared to be a house. Without explanation, the driver got off the bus and walked inside this house. After a few minutes of awkward, sleepy silence, the other five passengers and I followed this bus driver's lead. When I stepped off the bus, I was greeted with an immense darkness of a region unmarked by human hands. In every direction, there was no touch of civilization aside from the dirt road and this small house. Above the stars, it felt like they were pressing down on the earth. I walked inside this house to find what looked like a bar. There were two kerosene lamps in the corners. It smelled of dirt, cigarettes, and wool. The bus driver was seated at the bar, sipping on his yerba mate from his bombilla and gourd. There were four other men in the room who were undoubtedly locals. <laughs> in those days, I traveled with a small guitar on my back, uh, and when the men saw me come in with it, they quickly pulled me to the center of this room, set out a stool, and commanded me to play for them. <laughs> I, was in, I was in no position to argue, so, uh, so I jumped in and I played a song, uh, which was greeted with undue enthusiasm. <laughs> They produced a bottle of some mysterious liquor, handed it to me, and insisted that I drink and play more. Um, it turns out that these men were shepherds, and they had gathered at this spot to celebrate a birthday. We sang a rambunctious rendition of Que los cumplas feliz. <laughs> and we spent the next half hour uh, singing songs and sharing stories uh, before it was time for the bus to head back into the Patagonian night. When I think of this moment from Luke, the revelation of God's glory and Jesus' birth to the shepherds, I can't help but think of those shepherds in Patagonia. I can't help but remember these people who were so hospitable to me in the middle of the night, people I had never met a for, I, here I show up, a foreigner in the midst of their party, and they could not have been more welcoming. Maybe it's because of the time they spend in open spaces, or the immensity of their solitude, or the company of animals, but whatever it is, the shepherds I have met tend to be especially friendly and ready to celebrate. I admit, I have... I have a romantic notion of shepherding. I think of shepherding as an honest, honest, honest work done in beautiful places like the Andes, like New Zealand, like the Scottish Highlands. But my concept of shepherds is largely shape, shaped by literature, books like uh, The Solace of Open Spaces, Spaces by Greta Ulrich, uh, books that le describe leading sheep through sagebrush and over mountain passes in Wyoming. Other books like Paolo Coelho's The Alchemist suggest that shepherds possess a simplicity of lifestyle and relationship that highlights the most important things in life. 
When I read about the boy Santiago tending his sheep in the hills of Andalusia, some, I sometimes imagine a profession so simple that these universal truths are obvious in everyday life. But shepherding is no easy job. A few years ago, the National Trust of Wales was looking for a shepherd to, care, to take care of 1,600 sheep that they had. And they posted an article in the Telegraph UK that said, Shepherd wanted must enjoy drizzle and loneliness. <laughs> it's not glamorous work. Nor is it a job for people who have many options. So why is it that the glory of God that the coming of God with us, im anuel, the revelation of God's eternal love become human flesh, why is that revealed to shepherds? For the past year, we've been working our way through Luke's gospel. We've observed what Oscar Romero called God's preferential option for the poor. We frame that in the broader context of God's love for the vulnerable. There was the penniless, ashamed prodigal son and his brother. There was the parable of the lost coin, Lazarus and the rich man. Um, there was the anonymous tax collector, blind Bartimaeus, the ten Samaritan lepers, Zacchaeus, the tax collector who climbed the sycamore and gave away half of his wealth after welcoming Jesus into his house. Over and over again, Luke's gospel reveals how God is present with those who are most vulnerable. perhaps most relevant tonight is the story, the parable of the lost sheep. The story in Luke 15 of the shepherd who leaves 99 sheep unguarded in order to find one lost sheep. Tonight, these shepherds venture out to find one who has been lost, one who has been forgotten. It is not a warrior come to destroy. It is not a religious authority come to cast judgment. It is not the happiness promised if you get the perfect present. It is a child, an infant, a simple, vulnerable, newborn baby. Who better to identify that baby than these shepherds? Shepherds who are keeping watch. Shepherds who are accustomed to the places where animals live. Shepherds in Bethlehem. Men who worked the very same hills that King David worked as a boy. This angelic vision, this beauty of God's glory could have been revealed to some high-ranking priest. It could have been revealed to a painter who could capture the image and share it with us. It could have been revealed to a historian, a poet, or a writer, someone that had the linguistic skills to capture the details of the events or to express the emotional grandeur. But it was not. It came to shepherds, to truck drivers, to trash collectors, to Best Buy workers. These were simple men keeping sheep they did not own on land they did not own. 
So what does that mean for you? What does this ancient story you've heard a thousand times, a story so common that we barely hear it, what does that mean for you on December 4th, 2016? I can't decide that for you. But to me, the story reminds us that whatever your job is, you are a witness. Whether you are a professor, a student, a housewife, a lawyer, a hospital administrator, a wife, a midwife, a software tech, a painter, retired, or you don't really know what it is you do. <laughs> you have a purpose. You are a witness. You are part of something incredible. You're not just some isolated person fighting to survive. You're part of God's kingdom. You're a witness to the love that surrounds you. You are called to share your passions, your loves, your dreams, to share this time together in this Patagonian outpost in the middle of the night. We all seek this witness in our own ways. But as Paulo Coelho writes in The Alchemist, every second of our search is an encounter with God. In our own ways, we are all called to witness to the glory of God, to witness to Jesus, the good shepherd. We are witnesses to the eternal. We know that the world is more than shopping and taxes and bills and presidents. We are part of the love that started all things, yet lives and breathes like you and me. Skin, muscle, bone, and breath. The delicate, vulnerable breath of a baby. This year in our church, we have had several babies born, and I've had the pleasure of holding them and listening to that delicate breathing. And when I do that, it reminds me of the source of all life. It reminds me that everyone I meet has that same breath, that same life in them. It is precious. We are part of caring for one another. We are part of a planet where the infinite appeared with the breath of a newborn. Treasure these words and ponder them in your heart. Whatever you do, whoever you are, praise God for all you have seen, for God is with you now and always. Amen.